welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. As a new member in the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a new father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting to getting no sleep, to learning how to change diapers, to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. Welcome back. Welcome to episode five of The Fatherhood. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson. Uh, Happy New Year. We are officially in 2019, which is which is crazy. Um, I graduated high school in 2000. And now that we are approaching uh, my 20 year reunion next year, it's, it's just crazy how fast the years are flying. Uh, I want to thank everyone for their patience um, as I was off a couple of weeks enjoying the Christmas holiday with my family. I uh, hope you had a great holiday. Whatever it looked like for you, whether it was spending time with family, going on vacation, or just spending some time alone, uh, I've learned that there are various factors that determine how we celebrate, and it doesn't have to look the same for everyone, and that's okay. Uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate the episodes, uh, share with your friends, and, and tell them about the Fatherhood Podcast. We want to build build our audience. Uh, follow me on social media at Jamar Hudson. Uh, check out the page on Facebook, the Fatherhood Podcast. And to be sure to just in, in, engage in the conversation uh, post-listening to the episode. Uh, Sharice Emery and I had a, a great first first Christmas. We were gone out of town for a whole week. Um, we spent Christmas uh, with my family at a vacation home down in Cape Charles, Virginia, on the Eastern Shore. And after about four days, we drove down to North Carolina to visit uh, Sharice's folks. As new parents, the entire traveling with a kid thing was definitely a, a new experience for us. Um, started with the packing, you know, do we have enough clothes? Do we have enough diapers? You know, what is he going to sleep in? Do we take the stroller? And for years, it was just a matter of me maybe, you know, getting my things together the night before I was planning to leave. And that was cool, you know, but now we have to factor in, you know, what Emory needs, you know, everything from diapers. Do we have enough diapers? Do we have enough wipes? All this stuff as a, as a new parent, you are introduced to uh, in many first experiences. And this first road trip was, was definitely definitely one of them. And one of the other things I learned was however long you think your road trip is going to take, you have to add at least 90 minutes to two hours. And, you know, we stopped twice uh, on the way of what was supposed to be a a three and a half to four hour trip stretched out to about five and a half, six hours. And that's okay. It's just part of the learning process that as a father, you know, I'll be more prepared for, for, for next, next time. My first Christmas as a father and our first Christmas as a new family was something I'll never, I never forget. You know, obviously, you know, Emery won't remember any of this, but he definitely was showered with with a lot of love from his from his family and his cousins, and a lot of gifts that we can definitely use uh, in in the future. As we enter this new year, you know, new year always gives us an opportunity to start fresh. You know, it gives us a clean slate to be better than we were in the last. 12 months, or in many cases, just continue the momentum of, you know, what we had going on the previous year. And I want to encourage you to write down what you want this year to be for you. And this is not specific to to resolution. It can be whatever you want to see happen uh, in your life uh, this year. And writing it down, it will, you know, give you an opportunity to hold yourself accountable throughout the year. Every every month or so, or two months, every quarterly, or whatever it looks like for you, just take that list out and, and see where you are. 
with those goals and, and, and how you need to adjust uh, in order to accomplish this. You know, as I go into my first four years of father, I was thinking about some themes I want to focus on uh, this podcast to kind of set the foundation for, for 2019. And hopefully, you know, we can turn this into a series, but, but we'll see how that goes. We're talking about setting goals for the new year, and, you know, we do so with the expectation that we can achieve those. And in other words, we have the faith in ourselves and our abilities to, to make those happen. Uh, and in life, the foundation, for me at least, for anything, is faith, and which is a belief that you have in something, and a trust and confidence and conviction that comes a, a result of whatever you believe in. You know, it's, and we're talking about the the religious context is how does faith impact my approach to fatherhood? And I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this episode. You know, like many of you, perhaps, you know, I grew up in the church and as I got older, you know, you stray away from from going on a consistent basis, um, growing up, you know, going all the time, you know, multiple times a week. And then you're allowed the freedom to to make that decision for yourself. You know, sometimes that, that changes you. You're able to think for yourself and think freely and make the decision. OK, how do I want to, you know, approach my belief um, in terms of religion and Christianity and that sort of thing? But the, the faith never wavered. If there's one thing that, you know, in, in my um, adulthood, as I struggle, like many of you, with, with religion and what it, what it looks like for me, faith is the one constant thing that, that remains. And I'll be honest, man, I, I prayed more throughout Sharice's pregnancy than I had in, in years, you know, just praying that, you know, she'd be healthy and Emery was growing properly and that, you know, everything that we needed would be provided for us. And I had the belief that that, that would be the case. And, and it did. Um, and that that's what I believe in. And I believe that, that my faith um, definitely played a part in a, a what was a successful uh, parenthood so far. And, you know, I was thinking, how does spirituality affect me as a father? How does faith and, and fatherhood mix? And then that's something that I want to talk about on this podcast uh, and my next guest um, definitely has experience in 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 that arena, and I want to get him to come on and talk to us about faith and fatherhood. Um, Jordan Rice is the the pastor of Renaissance Church in in Harlem, and if you're in New York, you definitely need to to get into this church, get into this community that he's building uptown and throughout the city. So so after we we take a little break, I'm going to come back and talk to Jordan about fatherhood. Um, his experiences having two boys and how he intertwines being a father and practicing a uh, very active faith uh, as a minister and, and proclaimer uh, of the word of God. So we're going to talk to Jordan after the break. I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is The Fatherhood. I'm very excited to have today's guest on the podcast. I've known him for about 25 to 30 years. Um, he and his family are very special. My family, I've, I've watched this brother experience some highs and lows in life. And aside from him being a Knicks fan, I, I can't think of a negative thing to say about him. So I'm pleased to welcome into the fatherhood, the lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Harlem, Jordan Rice. Jordan, thanks for joining me. Oh, man, this is a pleasure and an honor to be, to be on. And happy new year to you, to you yeah, and your family, likewise. man. 
Likewise, my brother. Well, again, thanks for joining me, Jordan, on today's episode. We're, we're talking about faith um, as it pertains to, to fatherhood. Before and before we get into that, just just tell me a little bit about your your family. Okay, so it's me, my wife Jessica, and uh, two boys, Jameson Rice, which is he's about three and a half, and Josiah Rice, and he is eight months. And um, so yeah, so we are uh, we live in New York, and my wife and I actually have a pretty interesting story personally. We're both widowed. Uh, she lost her late husband about uh, two and a half months after they got married, and I lost my late wife about twenty months after we got married. And uh, Jessica and I met through some friends about uh, maybe a year and a half, two years after my late wife passed away. And uh, yeah, we've uh, kind of met each other, fell in love pretty quickly, and rest is history. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan has an awesome story that he just talked about. He and his lovely wife, Jessica, um, met under less than ideal circumstances, I guess you can say at the time, but it, it, it everything worked out in, in according to what it was meant to be. And just look up their story. It's an amazing story. And to watch their story, you know, play out in front of my eyes was definitely amazing. Um, so Jordan, what does being a father mean to you? Man, I think the first thing that sticks out to me is responsibility. Uh I heard it said, I don't know who the um, who gets the credit for this quote, but they said, to be a parent is like, you know, watching your heart beat outside of your chest. And, um, you know, different people take different, uh, have different reactions to being a father. But to, to me, being a dad just means responsibility. Um, I was hanging out with some friends. We were in Jamaica and went to like Rick's Cafe and the grill and people were jumping off of a cliff and they were like, oh, you going to do it? <laughs> I'm like, man, please. I got I got kids at home. I'm like, I'm not jumping off no cliff. Like that's I so I live my life just with the responsibility and the opportunity to follow these kids well, to to really shape them to be amazing men that contribute to society, that love God, love people, or you know, just it, I just see so much responsibility and opportunity. And to that point, this is one question I ask all of my guests. Fatherhood inspiration, who taught you how to be a father? Where did you learn um, some things that you wanted to implement once you became a father? Uh, from my dad. So my dad and I have a great relationship. And I remember, you know, just little things that my dad would do. And, you know, none, none of us are perfect by any stretch of imagination. But my dad just, I, you know, he never got a new car. since In the time that I've been, since I've been born, he's never gotten a new car. It's always been my mother getting a new car. And then he would just take her old car. And just that position of, of like how he was as a husband and how he uh, was to me, my brother. And it just, it just rubbed off. I remember I, I kind of wanted to be a dad just because of my dad and the, you know, how he was in, in our life. So my dad, it was definitely my biggest inspiration in t- teaching me how to be a dad. He would wake up with us and me particularly, I remember him waking up with me at six in the morning to shoot jump shots before the day of a big basketball game and, you know, yelling on the camera and, you know, missing half the game because the camera is shaking half the, you know, the camera shaking violently as he's yelling in, watching the game. And, um, you know, my dad was just present for everything. And uh, it was just, yeah, presence, being deeply involved in the things that my brother and I were doing. Uh, I mean, he earned the right to to speak into our lives, to say whatever. And 
Uh, so yeah, he's definitely my biggest inspiration. Absolutely. And I, I, I've gotten to know your father really well over the years. He's definitely a, a great example of what a good father um, is. And you can definitely see um, how he's influenced not only your life, but but your brother Jared's life and how yeah. you know he's impacted you and how you two both um, father father your kids. So you're your father too, two boys. And describe the difference, Jordan, in your approach to being a father, one, uh, starting with Jameson, now it's your father of two with Josiah. Wow, man. Now I, the biggest word for me, us now, is probably survive. I'm trying to survive every day. Uh, you know, with this, the fatigue and work and, and balancing different schedules and all these different things. But I think the biggest difference for us now is, you know, I would say just Jameson made me a dad, but Josiah made us a family. So now I, my goal, my, my focus is not 100% just on Jameson. It's on how they are relating to each other and what kind of men they'll need to be, not just for the world, but for each other. And so it keeps it puts things in a much different perspective um but just on the physical side of it it's just you know one more person to really be deeply concerned about in this world that mental energy that emotional energy uh you know it, that might be the most tiring thing throughout the day not that i'm doing a whole lot more but just physically and emo- mentally and emotionally uh having two young souls to care after um is probably one of the biggest differences and, and stand on that mental aspect of, of fatherhood, which is an important thing. That a lot of times black men, we don't talk about how do you manage that um, in your life? I think for one, I mean, in my marriage, I've had to, my wife and I've had to be so much more intentional about how we plan and how we truly, truly um, run our family, you know, not looking just for things to happen organically but really just we plan for almost everything. We have family meetings once a month where we sit down and we, you know, pull out the computers and we go through everything that needs to be done for the boys and doctor's appointments, to-do lists, um, play dates, you name it. So um, it's, it's just made it, made everything more complicated and it requires that we are way more, we communicate a million times more um, so that in our relationship, we're not just partners, but we're also friends and we like each other. And we get to also have downtime, but um, just the busyness of it has definitely made us made me way more. Um, I have to, I just have to plan so much more, so that when we have a Saturday morning hits and it's raining outside, you know, we're not just stuck in the house with nothing to do. But we've already made plans. Where you know, we know what we're going to do to kind of do something constructive during the day. Absolutely. And I'm talking to Jordan Rice today on the fatherhood and he's pastor of Renaissance Church in Harlem. So all of my New York listeners um, definitely check his church out. Um, he's building a great community in Uptown and not only in Uptown, but just throughout the city. So if you're in New York, um, definitely, you know, swing by uh, his, his church and just get, get, get a great word from him and the other ministers uh, of, that, of that church. Um, we're talking about faith. Um, Jordan today. And that that is one of the themes that I'm going to try to hit on th- this year, yeah. uh, not only this podcast, and, and, um, but in, in my life personally. And for those listening, Jordan is a lawyer by trade, but yeah. you know, in college, he rededicated his life to Christ and, and started becoming a minister and then now ultimately uh, uh, a lead pastor. So Jordan, when talking about faith, what does the intersection of faith and fatherhood look like to you? Man, there's so, so many great analogies in scripture, but as fathers, man, we have this amazing, amazing analogy that is used so much from the mouth of Jesus and throughout the New Testament that God himself is like a father. 
And I think what being a father has taught me more than anything is what it means to be a son. And I remember the first day I looked at my son, my oldest, and certainly my youngest as well, to look at them as these beautiful, innocent, but also unaccomplished beings. They hadn't done anything at that point and to know how much I truly deeply love them. I think that first reframed how I saw God. Like, wow, if God is a father, and there's a scripture of Matthew where Jesus says, like, if you're if you fathers being evil, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more does your father in heaven know how to give good gifts? Essentially contrasting, you're a really earthly, flawed father, but God in heaven is like a much better version of you, like not even close. So I think the first thing it did, um, faith and fatherhood, is me being a dad, looking at my sons. You know, I tried to do a blessing with my son last night and, you know, said, son, do you, you know, daddy loves you. And he was like, we just saw Spider-Man last week. And he was like, Spider-Man. And he's like, slap me in my face. And I'm like, I'm trying to be, be all deep and, and do something. And he doesn't even care. And I'm like, I just went, laughed and said, all right, man, we'll try this again tomorrow night. <laughs> so I think it's what it's, it's taught me what love is like in a lot of, in different ways than even in my relationship with my wife. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's taught me more than anything what it means to be a son, to be loved, and to be kind of complete, and not even having to accomplish anything, but just knowing that God just loves you. Absolutely, and I think you answered the next question I have, but just to kind of expound on a little bit, how do you integrate faith into your approach uh, as a father? Mm. So this is actually something that I've given a, a great deal of thought to because one of the things I think that dominates my the way I, I, I view people even come into faith is that people need to earn the right in order to be heard. I don't ever take for granted that someone will just listen to me tell you about something that's deeply personal um, just because I say it or just because I have a microphone in my hand, but that we all do need to earn the right to be heard in people's lives. And the people who can challenge you the strongest are the people who have earned that right over the years to be heard in your life, that they can challenge you in almost any way. And I see both of my boys as I see my my journey as their father to earn the right to be heard in their lives so that I can um, challenge them, encourage them, equip them. Um, I, I see them as my my biggest mission field. So I, I don't need to go to I don't need to go to Romania or, or Haiti somewhere. I need to go to their bedroom. I need to go to the basketball court and wake up with them at six in the morning. So in a lot of ways my spirituality is is forcing me and compelling me to earn the right to be heard in their lives so that I can hopefully deposit wise words that they won't depart from later on. Absolutely. That's great. Jordan Rice is joining me on the fatherhood today. We're talking about faith. Um, Jordan, your, your story is well documented. You, you kind of touched on it earlier. You and both you and your wife, Jessica, uh, experienced loss early in your life, losing both of your, your first spouses. And you always knew you wanted to be a father, but I'm, I'm curious at any point, uh, talking about faith, did your faith waver and shake your confidence that one day, you know, you'd be a father to these two beautiful boys? Yeah, I mean, because I, I always wanted what my parents had, you know, and yeah. I never wanted to be in a relationship with someone that I just kind of tolerated and that I just, you know, you know wanted to, um, you know, just to have kids with, uh, you know, and when my late wife, late wife passed away, in a lot of ways, I just thought, you know, I don't know that I'll ever be able to give my heart to someone else for real, for real. Mm -hmm. And if I can't truly give my heart to someone um, and, and truly, really, really be excited about someone, then I just don't know if I'll ever get 
get married if I'm always going to be kind of comparing or whatever the case is. So I definitely doubted it for a while. And, you know, but certainly uh, healing, you know, uh, healing, therapy, counseling, good relationships, a lot of prayer, um, you know, through that, I, I was able to to really heal and, and to really be all in with my wife now. And, you know, she and I became best friends pretty quickly. And um, yeah, that, that I got started getting excited again about, about um, uh, being a father. Awesome. And shout out to Jessica. I'm sure she's somewhere in the house listening to you talk. Faith, Jordan, how have you been, how has that been tested um, for you as a father? How's your faith been tested uh, as a father? Most, most of my faith has been tested in the fact that I behave and worry as if I love my kids more than God does. So hmm. I'm a worrier. Uh, I, you know, I think even alluding to what I said earlier, being a parent is like watching your heartbeat outside of your chest. Um, you know, I pray for my boys every single night and I, I think of, I hear all the, I see all the hashtags trending on Twitter. Uh, about you know seven year old girl shot or whatever whatever the case is and I'm like Lord would you spare my boys or I see a neighborhood kid you know somebody gets shot from someone in the neighborhood or car accidents cancer I mean you know name whatever catastrophe could happen and I, I think the biggest thing that, that I'm I struggle with just as a man of faith is that God um, I have the experience acutely of having heard the worst case scenario actually happened for my, for my late wife and a fear that God would take my boys from me or a fear that God somehow won't protect them. And, um, almost as if God is sadistic and God is just flippant and that God does things arbitrarily. And I, th- I think that's my biggest challenge as a father, that, um, the belief that God doesn't love these boys even more than I do. And that God is not active in their lives, um, even more than I am. So that, that's probably one of the biggest challenges for me. That, that's very interesting. Um, I like to stay there because, you know, as, as fathers, you know, I talked earlier in the previous segment of how much I prayed throughout Charisse's pregnancy, just that everything yeah, yeah. would be all right, you know, just you know, from the doctor's appointments to, you know, her health to, you know, us being able to financially take care of, of Emory. So I'm curious, you know, as a pastor, what is your do? You, do your prayers look different for your for your sons as opposed to you know praying for your congregation? Like, is it hard to differentiate the two? Oh no, it's not hard to differentiate the two. I mean, I mean, these are you know different scriptures in the Bible just ring a whole lot louder now. So, for example, the you know Abraham and Isaac, and I'm like, Lord, taking my son up to the altar. Man, you know, I mean, I get tears in my eyes just thinking about that. You know, just what that looks like to 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 truly love God over everything, and I, and not not that God wants us to sacrifice our children at the altar, because quite obviously in the scripture, Jesus, I mean, God tells Abraham, "Don't lay a hand on the boy." So the point of the story is not that God wants us to sacrifice our children. I think it's quite the opposite. But um, one of the the big challenges I have is to think about God. Would I so very, very um, practically speaking, you know, we, my wife and I felt very called to really deeply invest our lives into the public school system in Harlem. And not just, it's one thing to pray for the school, to give money. Uh, it's another thing to put your son in that school. Uh, what yeah. happens if yeah. he doesn't get to, doesn't have the best advantages in life that 
I want him to have or, or what, you know, so all of these different things. So the, the convictions that I say I have are tested when it's, when it's my boys that are involved in that. Um, you, you and I both are, are very fortunate in, in the sense that we both come from great families, um, great father figures in, in our lives. So I, I, I kind of want to lean towards the, the opinion that it's, it's a little bit easier, I guess, to have faith when you have that cushion to fall back on, so to speak. So what what yeah. do you say to a father whose faith is a little shaky and does not see the light? at the end of the tunnel, like what kind of counsel do you provide to those type of fathers? Man, one of the most important things I feel like I want every parent to know is that what is an option for you will never be a priority for your kids. Mm-hmm. And so many parents and dads treat faith as an option for them. And they'll, they'll tell you that they, they want faith to be a priority for their kids and their kids' lives. And they let everything else get in between um, coming to church, sporting events, football game was on, whatever the case is, uh, you know, it was raining, it was drizzling outside, so they didn't want to go to church. Um, and then faith, their kids will continue to see how much faith is just an option in their household. And then they later on, the fathers will inevitably discover, will likely discover that faith will become a, an option for their kids as well. And uh, their life will fold out accordingly. So whatever you can do, to deepen the roots of your faith so that your lived faith experience is what you want your kids to emulate is the most powerful thing you can do for them. I'm not talking about going to seminary and learning how to preach sermons, but I'm talking about living authentically, living a life um, where you're learning, where where you yourself are living out the faith that you hope that your kids have. One of these big things that a lot of kids take to, to heart and take to, and they'll notice so easily is small things like forgiveness. If you never forgive someone, if you hold grudges, if you don't forgive them, if you don't emulate and show for them, show them that people make mistakes and you ask your kids for forgiveness, that you confess to your kids, hey, daddy was daddy was wrong when he did this and I'm really sorry. Do you forgive me? What does that do? It gives your kids permission to not be perfect. And it gives you permission, a frame, it gives your kids a, a, a framework for understanding things like forgiveness, that we can go and we can ask for forgiveness. But what if you, what if you don't ever forgive people and you don't ever ask for forgiveness? What's that going to do to your kids? It's going to really teach them deep, powerful lessons that they're going to almost be scarred. They're going to be scarred by for for their entire lives. So they'll they won't even they'll be the type of people to cover up for stuff because they don't think forgiveness is even attainable because they didn't see a model in their home. And who better to model that than you, their father? Great, great. And you're, you're listening to Jordan Rice uh, joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast today. We're talking about faith uh, and, and as it pertains to fatherhood. Um, last question, Jordan. Now I'll get you out of here on this. Um, it's a question I can sort of relate to. What challenges do you face, you know, being a pastor, being the face uh, of a church um, and a father in terms of having your sons grow up, you know, as, the, as, as a preacher's kid? Man, that's a phenomenal question. And my wife and I talk about that. Uh, a lot now and just the expectations so we we try to keep the expectations very low on our kids with respect to them not you know my oldest now being the only one but him not needing to be the star you know pupil in the class he doesn't need to know all the answers he doesn't need to know anything he doesn't even need to be well behaved not any you know better behaved than any other kid so i think the biggest thing is my wife and i reminding each other that we just need he needs to always be a kid 
And we need to let him have room to just be the ki- a kid. Both of my boys, they just need to be kids. Kids do stupid stuff. They make mistakes. And we need to really make sure that we're not telling him, you know, that he needs he needs to be an example for everybody else because he doesn't. He just needs to be him. He just needs to be a kid. So our church is pretty laid back. Um, my wife, you know, everybody calls both of us by our first names. And um, we don't have special seats in church. Uh, you know, people... They'll come and, you know, nobody, a lot of people don't even, depending on how close they are, they don't even know who Jess is with respect to like her being my wife. And so we, we really do hope that we shield our kids from the pressure of being the quote unquote first family, that they can just be Jameson and Josiah. And, uh, you know, that's something that's going to continue to unfold. But I, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is going to be me speaking to them directly and just saying, hey, you know, you had, you went to the camp this weekend you didn't know any of, any of the answers and that's cool but yeah to not make them a lot of times it's the insecurity of the parents that need the kids to be a certain way so that they can be an example so that they could not make them look bad but you know I, hopefully i don't have that insecurity not too much at yeah. least absolutely man i've been looking forward to this conversation and you definitely delivered i really appreciate you you coming on and joining me tell us about renaissance tell the people how they can get involved how they can reach you on social media uh we are we are renaissance nyc and that's r-e-n-a-i-s-s-a-n-c-e n-y-c um dot com and also renaissance nyc at renaissance nyc on instagram and twitter and facebook uh, it's hard to spell, but it's it makes it it fits itself well inside of Harlem. Been around four years, um, four and a half years now, and uh, we like to tell everybody we are a Christ a Christ centered, casual, concise church. Two services, one at ten, the other at eleven thirty. Both of them end in about seventy seventy five minutes, so don't come up on CP time. And the best thing we have is actually probably our kids program. Um, we have very age specific. Uh, kids programming for children from six weeks all the way through fifth grade. They will be with kids in their age range. So different classrooms for the babies and the toddlers and the pre-K and then the elementary kids It's broken down in different classrooms. And every week we probably have about between 70 and 100 kids um, all receiving instruction in, at, at their own level, which is really good. And the parents get to go to church and worship without the pressure of their kids um, crying or, or, you know, making a, making a, a scene in church. And uh, yeah, we've been around four, four and a half years, and we like to think of ourselves as a church that you can bring, uh, you can, you you yourself can come to if you haven't been to church in a long time, uh, but also you can bring a, a friend of yours who hasn't been to church in a long time. And if you have grown up in church, then you'll fit right in as well. And every week uh, I will, you know, I justify my sneaker habit by telling my wife that, every, you know, I, 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 we are a casual church. Everybody shows up in jeans and sneakers. I usually preach in Jordans. So, uh, you know, don't, no need for Sunday's best either. You can just show up in anything other than a Patriots jersey and you're good. <laughs> That's Jordan Rice, uh, today's guest on The Fatherhood. I really appreciate it, my man. Uh, likewise, man. Thanks for having me on. Man, shout out to Jordan Rice for coming on today to talk about faith. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to rate the podcast and leave a review. You know, not to get too churchy on you, but the Bible describes faith as a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. So for me as a father, I have dreams for Emery. And when life gets hectic, I have to set an example for him of not giving up hope and staying firm in my beliefs. 
And it is my responsibility to teach him how to pray and to be intentional in those prayers. And that's my word for the year, intentional. I want him to have confidence that what he prays for will come to pass. And I hope you have the confidence that what you pray for will come to pass as well. So until next time, keep the faith. I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is The Fatherhood.